Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mile a Minute Movie Talk, episode 14. Yahoo! With, <laughs> with your host, Lucas of Legray Films and Hello. Dylan of Diligent Picks. How's everybody doing? We haven't been, uh, well, making enough episodes lately, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've been watching movies. I've been on a little bit of a break. Lucas has been watching a lot more. Than yes. That. If you follow me at Letterboxd, I am currently at 53 for the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Letterboxd, we're both on Letterboxd. We haven't really talked about that much, have we? Yeah, I think we plugged it one time or something, but yeah, we're on there. I'll get our... Uh, I think my at least my profile is in the description. I'll get ours and I'll get both of ours in there if you want yours. Yeah. <laughs> that way, if you guys are uh, on Letterboxd, you can follow us. We always post, um, we always log every single film that we watch. Um, and usually we both do reviews of our films as well, if you're into mm-hmm. that. And ratings, of course, et cetera. Lucas does a lot of fun lists and stuff. Yeah, I have a lot of lists on there. <laughs> Well, uh, today we want to actually do something crazy and talk about a movie we literally just watched uh, and ended almost 45 minutes ago, or about 45 minutes ago. And, yes. Uh, we also wanted to just talk about that tonight. Uh, maybe if we have a little extra time, it's going to be a short episode. We're both getting pretty tired. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the movie we watched was Perfect Days, the official uh, Japanese entry film for the oscars this year um which was nominated uh yeah directed by wim wenders uh of german yes (laughs) who is not japanese (laughs) yes Um, this is a film that lucas and i have been aware of for a while now you know we we follow the oscars really closely and lucas and i were just talking about how he is very aware of all the japanese entries and likes to watch those Yes. Um, I will say it's been a while since I've seen one of the uh, Oscar nominations from Japan. I can't. Did you see it drive my car? Oh, yeah. That's like two (laughs) years ago. (laughs) That's the most recent one I could think of. Yeah. Last year, I forget what they nominated. I didn't see uh, Shoplifters. I know that's like the only one. Yeah, that's like 2018. Yeah. But anywho, so we saw Perfect Days, which was... um, a very, very good film. Uh, we're, we'd love to share our thoughts on that. Uh, just a nice overview. Um, it's for people that might be curious about this film. It's definitely a movie. I'd say Lucas would likely agree. That's, you know, it's meant to be more of a slice of life. You know, you're getting, yeah. you're getting the perspective of a man who's um, clearly he has some kind of past uh, that you slowly get bits and pieces of it throughout the film, but really you're just seeing his day-to-day life throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing him as a toilet cleaner in Japan, and his name is Hirayama. Is that correct? And uh, played by uh, Koji Yakusho. Um First time I recall seeing him in a film, I'm I does, I'm pretty sure I bet I've seen him in something and didn't realize it, but I didn't I didn't know him by name. I yeah, he's been in all, he's been in a lot of things. He's been oh in some yeah, of those, now, like... that I'm, now that I'm looking at it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he voiced um, Grandpa in Mirai. The... He was in yeah Bell too. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Boy and the Beast. Oh, he's done a lot of anime voice acting. That's pretty yeah. cool. 
Um, well, yeah, he was incredible. Um, I knew that he was going to be good from the trailers, but as soon as the film started, they uh, plugged a little bit of a Cannes Film Festival Best Actor last year. Mm-hmm. So that had we had you know some pretty high expectations from that point. But I think without spoiling it, um, he uh, he was great throughout the entire film. But he that moment of like, oh man, this is a fantastic performance, really hit me. At the very end, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we won't spoil for everyone. But um, Lucas, what did you think of this film? Um, let's. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, my my uh, idea in the film. I mean, it was it was really good. It's very like a kind of like an intricate portrait of the uh, intricate beauties of just like everyday life and like not the mundane but the like lesser known and like simply just taking in every day uh, with a positive outset or just like understanding what's around you and just seeing the world and living in the world and just being part of it uh was really interesting i liked uh i mean how it's shown at the beginning obviously our our protagonist doesn't talk much so that kind of helps you really gauge the uh environment and the kind of visuals of the film and the noises and all he's doing. I mean, he's cleaning toilets half the time, but there's like a beauty to that. And it's kind of, it's very interesting. And then you kind of start to get his character and stuff going on in his place. And that's pretty interesting, which I like. Uh, yeah. So the, the film, I, I, I was trying to look up the term they used to the Japanese term that describes, um, <laughs> that describes uh, when sunlight is hitting leaves um, and that unique sh- like shimmering um, effect mm-hmm. um, because that's one of the things we see prominently some of the especially early on in the film when a lot there isn't a lot of dialogue from our main character in the beginning um, at first it seems like he's really not going to like talk at all very much mm-hmm. uh, Koro Membi yeah, can you can you describe... uh Japanese words for the dancing shadow pattern created by sunlight shining through the rustling leaves. They're, um and it's like a once in a lifetime or once in a moment thing. Like it's never repeated because it's such a unique thing. Mm. So it's very much kind of like living in the moment, which is kind of a lot of what the film is kind of talking about at points. There's literally a saying where they're like, "Now is now, tomorrow, next time is next time." Is what he tells his uh, niece at one point. And so that's kind of understanding the beauty of life in the moment and understanding what life is in that moment and living that moment to like the fullest and to your enjoyment and how you want to live that. And that was kind of a lot of what he was doing in the film, even though he's doing a lot of it repetitively, his life was very, he had a kind of a ritual going to it. And that's kind of like the beauty of his days that he has a ritual to start his day to get him prepared for the world he's going into that he just loves to be in. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I, I think that the next time is next time now is now is it, it really does um, make you think about the film in a, in a lot of ways because the, right soon after that moment, um, as Lucas brought up, we see this character, his niece coming to the film and that really brings a nice, interesting change of pace to the movie in that sequence because we see our character have to now interact because it was an unexpected meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't; ex- he didn't realize his his niece was going to show up 
Um, and so we learn a little bit about their relationship um, and as well as his relationship, uh, our main character's relationship with his sister. Um, and uh, we, but, but we feel that the, in the film, when things are going really well, you know, for our main character, you like, you see that to the fullest. And then all of a sudden when things are not going well, you feel that and you see that too. Yeah. You can kind of understand, you kind of understand from the meaning of his sister that he's running from something through the way he is carrying his life and like putting himself in a very ordinary man's world and living it and just taking every day step by step. Um, and then he meets his sister and she kind of hints at some things with her, his father, their mutual father that they have. And then possibly that he had a bigger life before. Cause she's like, you're really cleaning toilets now. This is the place you really live in. And kind of like that there was something there before, but you never find out what it was. And that's kind of like really, I really like that aspect because you just know him then you just know him in like how he is right now. And you're not doing anything. I mean, he gets emotional after he, uh, meets a character who has cancer and you can kind of piece together that there was definitely something there before that isn't there anymore. And this is kind of like not his reaction, but the life he made coming out of that situation and making his life beautiful in the way that he wanted. And I, I really liked how kind of you see him as a really happy person and it's like a positive movie, but you can definitely still see that there's some underlying uh, things going on with him, emotions that he's not really displaying until like very the towards the end. And I think that this is kind of like his therapeutic way of dealing with his life, as well as kind of trying to move past whatever happened. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, as you were describing that, it made me realize too, like, in a lot of ways, the people we encounter in our day to day life, um, end up like we, like, when you start a new relationship or you meet someone, you know, you're, you're, I guess, getting the most out of that person in the moment and, and there mm -hmm. in the, in the, in, in now versus, you know, there, there's usually at some point in a conversation you might have with someone you might, you know, it might come up that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you were before, you know, it doesn't matter what you did before it all that matters is who you are now and like the person you are to me mm -hmm. you know, or, or that you're presenting to the world. Right. Cause you know, yeah. like, he kind of, it, it almost feels like maybe um, like, I don't know if this is too far fetched to say, but it almost feels like his character is like going through some sort of redemptive phase or like maybe, maybe he, maybe something happened like that was really sad or, you know, bad in his life. And that maybe, or maybe he did something. Um, and then this, is, I wouldn't say this is like his punishment, so to say, but I would say that maybe there's something there that maybe he feels like he either needs to be doing something very simple. Like he maybe, ha maybe had like a very complex life, a very mm -hmm. like, or a very rich life or something. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. I see. I see what you're saying. Like it, he feels partially responsible for something that happened possibly and kind of not punishing himself but putting him in a place where he is doing something that he sees as a service and he's keeping his life simple he's keeping this ritual i mean very similar to at points methodically not like at least certainly as the film ritual um 
I forget his name. Uh, Hideki Anno, I think, did that one. Mm. Uh, and it's about a girl who has a ritual for something, uh, and she like kind of uses it as a way as a distraction. That one's more complex and why it's that. But like this one, obviously, doesn't tell you why he's doing this and why he's doing these things. But he's very much like trying to further himself as a person. I mean, he's a really nice person as you see through the film, and he's really trying to uh, like he reads a book all the time, and he he very much has this life that he's set on. And he lives it. And then anytime he's thrown a wrench, he kind of, uh, his emotions are kind of very flustered and he seems very disorganized because he's almost seems like, not, he's not like a zombie, but like this is what he wants to have, this simple life. And when something changes, he becomes more human on screen. He becomes more human with his interactions, but his emotions definitely come out more. Yeah. And there is, um, a moment where he gets very emotional um you know because he is with his niece for a period of time but then she leaves and so he he gets pretty upset over that we don't fully understand why but we know that something his sister says like lucas mentioned about him you know are, are you really cleaning toilets like i think maybe it makes him start to feel insecure about his situation and then later in the film we realize um there might be something there like he might have some kind of um feelings or or something toward a specific woman that he encounters at this bar um he sees her with a man and gets a little upset about that and decides to go buy some beer and some cigarettes and (laughs) so there's there's it seems like maybe he you know he had a life that was maybe really really great in some ways um, but something happened and it didn't work out. Um, but there's also some elements of the film that I'm, I'm still having to process and, and interpret more. Like, what did you take? What did you think of the, the homeless man that he keeps encountering? Um, I mean, he seems like a, like almost like a physical representation of the trees. Mm. Um, and like his movements, every time you saw him, he was kind of like moving, like very spiritually and, mm-hmm kind of like how our character is always looking at the trees and capturing those moments uh, with the camera as well as like his mind and just staring at its beauty. He's kind of sees this man as someone who lives freely, but with nothing and kind of floats around and moves with the sways of life, like the trees. And so him is very, as a character is very interesting because I think he doesn't not necessarily sympathizes, but like is very like, he feels the same as that as the homeless man at points and and he definitely cares for him i mean he checks in on him and when he's not there he like sees him around town and stuff like that mm. um and they have like this understanding uh you know you see them ha- exchange glances and such and so i definitely feel like he sees some similarities in their like methodic lifestyles and how they kind of just go in circulation and that they both are kind of broken in some way or they have something some past that they're not running from but they haven't recovered from yet Mm, yeah maybe he feels like he relates to him to an extent and he yeah he he likes just checking in on him making sure he's doing okay Mm -hmm. um yeah because he clearly gets distracted by him and like like there's a scene where he sees the homeless man crossing the street and then he, he gets honked at because he's, yeah. he's just sitting in his car watching. Um, and then on a similar note, there's a, there's a, 
uh, you know, sort of a mundane thing, but kind of a fun, a fun activity that he gets wrapped up in with um, uh, finding a tic-tac-toe uh, piece of paper that somebody wrote, started a tic-tac-toe game and left it in mm-hmm. the bathroom. And so he, out of curiosity, just decides to play the game, essentially hoping that someone will, you know, uh, continue playing mm-hmm. and the film progresses and and we see that the, they continue the game and then the person eventually thanks him on you know in, in a nice thing and so like little things like that i think really add a lot of uh just fun um personality traits toward his character because he's a mm-hmm. very he's just such an interesting person like i i i kept thinking throughout the film like i just want to talk to him and get to know him exactly you th- you can definitely see him yearning for a connection, but doesn't want it for some reason. There's a there's a reason why he doesn't have that connection or garner a connection, and it's very interesting why he like never comes face to face with having a true connection with a person outside of someone coming up to them and directly forcing them to have one. Um, uh, but he always seems to be very interactive when he gets those connections. So it's pretty interesting what why he doesn't pursue those especially at his age and such well there's you know 50 60 years of history that we don't know about and that's kind of like the really interesting intriguing part i saw some cool comparisons kind of like that you see with his character uh to other movies for example like uh the killer in the killer and uh dry the driver in drive kind of like this methodic person who has something and they have these rituals that they go through and then something goes wrong, and then they kind of have to recover from that. And they have this very intriguing, multidimensional uh, characteristic, uh, personality, and some things you don't know about. And he's very more of a realistic, ordinary version of those characters' complexities that you see in those films. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see a lot of that, like with he, those characters, as well as him, kind of like being someone who feels like they might not deserve the 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 human connections of some sort and that they've been forced into this corner one way or another and i definitely i definitely can kind of see that with his character a lot with how he interacts with people yeah um yeah i i really like i think the like as as much as i found the the non-dialogue scenes, the visual representation scenes, um, very interesting. I think any time it, it, the film changed direction with somebody that entered his life, it really felt like a very impactful moment. Like I was mm-hmm. reading, I was reading what um, Mike Flanagan had to say about this. Yeah, and it was really interesting how um, th- those moments, whether it's with his co- coworker um who's trying to sway a woman <laughs> and is like n- not doing well financially there's this great moment where um they decide to go to or he he's in the car with this woman and and our main character is in the back seat and they discover the cassette tapes which he has this great collection and mm-hmm. um it's really nice. To, they have a the, speaking of those cassette tapes. They essentially play more than a role in the film, but they essentially become the soundtrack of the film. Yeah, um, which is a great soundtrack. Tons of classics. Yeah. Speaking and, of cassettes, 
if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> the giant rack right there. I see them. <laughs> he um he ends up trying to get our main character to sell the cassettes because they're worth a lot of money. He's got mm-hmm. all these rare tapes that are worth hundreds of dollars. Um, so they go to they go to a used cassette store, and there's this just really funny moment where a really awkward moment where um, this his coworker wants to sell one because he he really needs it for the money for this date and the whole time our main character is just hiriyama's just like basically asking for it back but without saying anything just looking at him with this hard stare and like putting his hand out like come on (laughs) and and then there's this great awkwardness when the exchange is over and everyone who's at the store is just kind of looking yeah just kind of listening in the whole and then he slowly walks out and the guy's like thank you come again (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you've encountered some interesting moments like that from your uh video store days yeah (laughs) so yeah I, i i love the how the director decided to depict certain sequences because there's a lot of like unexpected moments of humor Mm -hmm. um i think especially with those character with that character because he is so exaggerative he he's like always like like just he i was telling lucas he almost comes off like a exaggerative uh, anime character in a way yeah (laughs) um and i it's funny because there's a lot of these characters throughout the film that come and go um Mm -hmm. For various reasons. I think that was one of the things I thought was so interesting. There's not... he, Our main character here, Yama, is the only consistent one. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, we see all these people come in and out of his life. And it seems like they all slowly make more and more of an impact. Until, the until like, the crescendo of emotions of the last one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, because you see all these, like, like a breadcrumb trail of uh, interactions through his routine how they get thrown off by people's uh connections with him and then he begins to wouldn't put in these uh moments he starts to kind of feed into them more in these connections and have them with the people and you can definitely see that kind of like at the end with a man that's staring like a death in the face kind of gets to him definitely more as he thinks about mortality probably and just this man uh and how that kind of affects him yeah i think um what did you think of the the dream sequences i'll call them yeah those are those are pretty interesting i mean it definitely feeds into the uh the uh that term uh komorebi if i say that right um it definitely feeds into that term and like kind of his dreams are capturing these moments and they're very abstract black and white uh layered uh footage over each other and you kind of can't really discern too much except for images that are about to come in the next scene and images that had come in the scene before and so it's kind of kind of like this collage of his uh his life up to that point and like by day by day and so it's I couldn't. I didn't really know what to garner from them. They're very interesting. I yeah. I don't know what he exactly was having those dreams for, but I feel like their comparison of the human interactions he was having with his uh, his visual understanding of like the shadows, because shadows do play a part in the movie later as well, mm-hmm. and like the the 
idiosyncrasy of the kind of like uniqueness of those shadows and that's pretty much like how his character kind of is subconsciously wanting something unique or appreciating this uniqueness in a way that he doesn't understand fully what he wants in the moment when he's having these dreams but he eventually understands after more of these more interactions happen yeah I, 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 like you, I had a hard time interpreting the overall point of some of them, but I, I, I think they were so interesting and fascinating that I always look forward to them and, and, and attempting to analyze them. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, we do see some slight con- connections. Um, I think there's like he's he loves to take photos of the trees um, with the sunlight mm-hmm. on them, and he uses this older what appears to be like a black and white camera. And then, I mean, that's the film, not the camera. It's just like a oh. 90s camera. Oh, okay. But then doesn't he, he ends up getting it developed, right? And it's all black yeah. and white? Yeah, yeah. Or... It's just the film he uses. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I think I noticed because of the black and white imagery that, mm-hmm. of, the, of the leaves and things that he decides to keep, um, I saw semblances of that in his dream. So it's like, I almost wonder if he's, he's like, because you see, like you said, you see him. Uh, kind of a mixture of nature and then you see some like slight imagery of people or like mm-hmm. there's like close-ups of eyes or um, yeah or but yeah it's um that's something i really want to look into more yeah, yeah i think it's kind of like kind of fall, falls into what i was saying just about like the term the meaning of that term kind of playing a lot into his character and what he wants from life subconsciously and Mm -hmm. has not like for some reason does not pursue it or feels like he needs it or wants it or deserves it and so kind of those dreams of having some type of like permanent connection or something that he feels is so beautiful like the world that he views around him as in a person or some sort. Did you, did you feel like there were certain dreams that felt a little more either chaotic or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Near the end, the last like one or two were definitely more, uh, more like intense. Yeah. More intense, uh, more stressful. The soundscape was very interesting. Mm-hmm. It sounded like not necessarily like horror, but like very like, like eerie. darker yeah very eerie foreboding sounds compared to before it was kind of like a more atmospheric like uh, cacophony mm-hmm. of just like the world as well as like a subtle mix of uh, music along that and they were usually like showing a person or something like that where the last one was kind of more abstract in its absolution than the rest of them it was way I more like out they there got more and more abstract yeah because like in the like, middle, you were seeing before and after he uh, ran into his uh, niece. They were they showed his like niece on the bike, kind of in one, and then before she came, they were showing eyes, and it was kind of more vague. And then you're like, oh, it's kind of a representation of her, and you don't know if it was kind of like it was like him eventually going to meet her, just thinking about her and stuff like that. Yeah, speaking of his niece, um, I thought she was a great character. Uh, I re- I think my favorite section of the film is when she shows up because. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really enjoyed was the the conversations they have about media in particular, and um, like 
you know, he uses cassette tape. She doesn't know how to use them. So yeah. I love seeing those like teaching moments um, as well as the confusion on both sides, how she doesn't understand. She doesn't know like who Van Morrison is and yeah. he, do- he doesn't know what Spotify is. <laughs> and there's, there's this great um, sense of like, okay, neither person fully understands the other person's world, but they, but they appreciate both of them, both sides of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he got her this camera. That's the same one he has, but he, yeah, but he doesn't remember that he got her the camera. You know, he, you know, I, I don't know if that's a sign or just, you know, yeah, a sign of him kind of like trying to distance himself from memories of before mm-hmm. or memories back home. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to read into, and I feel like that's a lot of Wim Wenders stuff is like very, very, a lot of show, not tell. It's Have very. You seen more of his work? I've seen some of his stuff. So I've, I need to rewatch Paris, Texas. I haven't seen that for like 10 years. That one's really good, though. Um, and that one's a lot of, has a very iconic scene with a window and a woman and a man. And that one's like very showy. And it's representation of that. Uh, I've seen. Uh, Angels of Desire. I, I'm Wings of Desire. That. Wings of Desire. Thank you. I've seen Wings of Desire. I saw that like when I first started working in the video store. I really like that one. And um, I haven't seen it, but I've seen videos talking about his uh, huge, uh, long epic that did not do financially good. And I forget the name of it. Um, it got a criterion like a year or two ago. It's like the American until... Friend. No, or... no, no. It's like Until the End of the World or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's the name. Yeah. That one, that one was very... Uh, that one has a lot going on. It's just like three, four, five hours long. It's insane. According um, according to Letterboxd, I have not seen a single film of his. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a like German New Wave, so his stuff is really good. But yeah, mm-hmm. he's a, he's very, very interesting filmmaker, and I really like his stuff. He's been able to like go through so many different like phases as well as different types of styles, whereas keeping his same narrative structure. Like he has a style, but he's able to translate it to different languages and different worlds. I mean, he's made a Japanese and English German movie. He's all over the place and regions and stuff. And he's able to embody his uh, very unique style in that way. You know, I I think um, I think this is the type of movie though that I like. I, for example, already when I got home from seeing it, I started to look around my place and look at objects and things and kind of like feel like the film was like lingering with me in a way where mm-hmm. I was, I was like, it maybe it may be, it's a movie that will really make you contemplate like your own life and what you're doing in it. Cause I definitely, yeah. saw, I definitely saw similarities cause I have, I mean, we all do, but I have very specific like morning rituals and things. Um, so it's like one of those movies I feel like will, stick with me for a while because it really um makes you think about what you should be doing in life uh, in the moment what what Mm -hmm. you are doing and like what you want to change what you know what yeah it's very reflective and interpersonal it definitely makes you do like an introspective like reevaluation of how you perceive the world and how you are interacting with the world and very much like am i doing it in a way that i feel not complete, but I feel like content with, am I feel yeah. doing this in a way I mm-hmm. feel like I'm appreciating it and valuing myself as well as valuing what's around me. And it's very, very interesting in that I've seen a lot of people come away with it. Like definitely like 
makes them have some type of evaluation, makes them have some type of different outlook on life. And that's, it's an amazing movie in doing that. Like it really makes you just sit there and watch this man go through all of these things. And you're kind of like very drawn in to kind of take his actions and his viewpoint and use it on yourself in a way that is trying to better yourself. Yeah, for sure. Especially him being old and kind of like near the end Mm -hmm. of his life. It kind of like, you don't, you can't really tell if he's like satisfied with the way he's led his life or not, which is that like last shot is very important. And um, you're kind of like, well, what am I getting from that? Am I getting the thing that like, I want to not have regret or do I want to live a life? At least I feel like I'm doing something that is worthwhile for the world or people around me and, or for even myself. Mm -hmm. You get the sense by the end of the film that, He's he's one ready to start fresh. He's ready to change, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's um, scared of the idea of it. He's he's he he's um, clearly um, not sure if what he's been doing has is like the right thing. So I think yeah. Like it's one of those movies. Like I want to know, like what ends up happening to him. Like what, mm-hmm. what did he do with the rest of his life? We yeah, you know. you definitely want to know more about before and about after, and that's kind of like the beauty with the film is like you're seeing this in that time, and that's all you know. And so it's pretty interesting to then try to figure out who he is and why the way he is who he is, and apply that reality that you saw in a way that makes sense to what you're trying to get from the film Mm -hmm. like what what are you trying to understand and you can kind of twist your own viewpoint of your understanding to something that you want or you can kind of just take it as it is which i feel like that's the most important thing because you will never know the definitive things unless the director comes out and says it and so it's kind of the mystery is kind of the in the detail of the beauty that the film is. Is it so is this like a low key sequel to Better Days? No. <laughs> there was another Japanese nomination. No, that wasn't Japanese. Oh no? What was that? No, Hong Kong. Oh, Taiwan. That's right. I forget. I think it was Taiwan. Yeah. I think you're right. I did enjoy I that. I didn't film like that. <laughs> oh, you didn't like that one it? has good reviews. I didn't like that one. I remember we talked about it. I think it's Taiwan. You're right. Well yeah, it's a Chinese film. Yeah, it was Hong Kong. Damn it, I was right the first time. I double-guessed myself. Yeah, it's yeah. been too long. That was 2019. Yeah. Now, so we got Better Days, Perfect Days. Now we're going to get... Uh, uh, now I guess you can't get much better than that. <laughs> now we're going to go back to the prequel. We're going to get uh, not-so-good days. <laughs> Weak days. <laughs> Bad days. No. Well, um, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on uh no not really i just yeah i definitely like the movie and i feel like the ambiguity of it kind of helps and the last shot you know you kind of go you're before the last like scene you're kind of like oh this is really beautiful and stuff and like you kind of like i don't know what's going on in a way that it's supposed to you're not supposed to know what's going on but then it kind of gets to a point where like in that like lingering shot on uh on his face and such you're kind of like second guessing what you got from the film and i think that's the important part of it is that 
you're unsure the way that he is unsure. And that is very interesting that it kind of like leaves you with that as that last song is playing. And it's, it's a very interesting what you're, what you feel you're trying to get from this as a film. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that. He definitely, you're going to be thinking about it and you're going to take the great parts of the film and like apply them to your life as well as still think about like what you want from the overall story and overall message that you're trying to garner from it. Yeah. 100%. It's really um, like that. That last scene is one of my like favorite, like off the top of my head, one of my favorite <laughs> ending shots in a film ending, mm-hmm. ending moments in a film. Yeah. Like of recent memory. It's just so, it's so well done. It's so um, conflicting in terms of like the emotions you're supposed to feel because of our characters conflicting mm-hmm. emotions you know you're you're really kind of like really looking deep at him and like trying to decipher like what he's thinking what he's going through in the in the actor koji he's koji yakusho he's just so good like i it, may, it really makes me want to see more of his work and um it's like i look at like our leading nominations for you know male actor i'm just like man what was this guy on the list now yeah yeah there's so many so many people that definitely deserve to get nominated this year that didn't um it was just a stacked year um and there's there's a couple i could say i don't care about that got nominated uh we'll about that <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a that'll later probably video. be our next podcast is our <laughs> predictions and wants. Yeah, um, we're getting close we only got a yeah maybe 11 more days until the yeah. oscars and um and like yeah i mean this is one of those stronger performances that didn't really get much i mean it did with can which is very i'm glad he got a a major festival award because he definitely Mm -hmm. deserves it um and he'll probably get something at the uh japanese uh academy awards uh when they do those i don't know when they do those but uh when they do those Mm -hmm. there'll definitely be something he'll be definitely one of the higher nominees but that is a stacked year for japan because you had a here comes a Koreeda. You had a Koreeda film, and then you also had um, what's Monster his... Godzilla minus one. Yeah, and um, oh god, what's it called? I think I think a that's um, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was a Koreeda. The boy did... in the heron. <laughs> no, no, uh, Koreeda did Monster. So then there was um, then there was the other guy. Uh, who did? Oh God! Uh, Drive My Car. He came out with a new movie this year. Oh, um, I always forget his name. Ryuji, Ryusuke Hamaguchi. Uh, Evil does not exist. That's what I was trying to remember. Okay, that's so the those only one. both lost out the Japanese nominee to a non-Japanese director, which was very controversial because it was the first <laughs> time a non-Japanese director won the uh Japanese uh, film body's nomination for international film for the Academy Awards. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm a, obviously Reisuke Hamaguchi, as well as um, uh, Hirokazu Goreeda, both have won, been, won the nomination in recent years, where Hamaguchi actually won the award for Drive My Car. Um, Hirokazu Goreeda won for Shoplifters, but didn't win the International Best Feature um, award, but he won the nomination. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he didn't win that year. I think it was uh that was Roma. That was the year of Roma. Yeah, I think so. And uh if you haven't seen a Koreeda film, 
Jesus. Shoplifters. <laughs> they're the shoplifters, monster, broker, nobody knows. They're um he also did one uh, that was like about a st- still walking's really good. Uh I saw the third murder. That one won that year the Japanese uh, Academy Awards. I definitely uh, need to get on my Corey Ada has again. been around since the nineties and his stuff is all like very very hits you hard. There's hmm. um I think it's him. I watched a documentary he did uh, for a Japanese cinema class uh, without memory. And that one's really good. It's about the man who has a disease uh, where he cannot form new memories. And Mm. it's kind of him dealing with being a father uh, and not being able to have these uh, memories of his children Mm. as they grow up. And that movie was so sad. It's really oh, yeah. good. I think it's like on YouTube. It's pretty short. It's like fifty minutes. But yeah, that one is a that one's great. I watched that in cl- I watched that for a class. That was awesome. But yeah, yeah there's a, really good. I mean, it's just a stacked uh, cast this year for uh, nominations yeah. and uh, Perfect Days. I still I haven't seen the other two, uh, but I feel like Perfect Days is going to be hard to beat. Um, and it's kind of cool seeing a a, a two people kind of uh, make a film because uh, I know it was co written by a Japanese. Uh, screenwriter and so it wasn't just written by one wonders but he's the one who directed it he had this partnership with this uh guy and so um i definitely kind of see that uh international kind of convergence and make like a great film like this yeah i think that's what also makes it so so great is that um it has a mix of culture mm-hmm. in the in the creation of it yeah but uh well if you didn't if you couldn't already tell lucas and i like this film a lot Yes, and very we, good. And we think it, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Oh, and um, if you haven't, if you've already checked it out, definitely let us know what you think about it. Um, yeah, I mean that's definitely. We definitely tend to be more positive in our mm-hmm. reviews, but I mean it's award season, so we're going to see a lot of well-renowned movies and movies that a lot of people just like. And this one is definitely one of the highest-reviewed movies from last year. Uh, and I've only heard good things about it. Uh, I can see how people wouldn't like it if they just don't want to pay attention uh it's hard to knock the film in any way um unless you can't really read into subtext and uh the visual engagement and stuff like that yeah i think it really just depends on the film on the film goer you know Mm. this is a movie that i will say like i can understand why some people wouldn't care for it yeah i feel like emotion going into a film definitely portrays a lot as we've talked about before if you're not in the right headspace going into a certain film or watching something you're not you might not come out of that the way that you want to or you intend to and that can definitely sway your opinion a lot yeah for sure you know like um it's it's a movie that is slower paced there's um even for me there are some parts where i was not necessarily losing interest, but definitely kind of thinking, all right, well, where's this going? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but I was never, I, w- I wouldn't say I was ever bored, um, mm-hmm. but I do think there are some people that if they're not used to like certain narrative structures, uh, where like this more slice of lifestyle, if that's not your thing, um, where it's not like a act one, act two, act three mm-hmm. kind of standard film structure, then, you know, this, this might be, you know, a harder sell for you, but, but it, if you, if you, if you're willing to give it a chance and dig deeper into a film, I think this is worth seeing for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, just, yeah, definitely a great film. Well, everybody, that was fun. Uh, yes. It's been a while since we talked so in depth about one movie and we kind of missed mm. doing that. So we're hoping to 
keep this up. Um, we, yeah, we, definitely we, with this season of uh, a lot of bigger films coming up, we're going to definitely try to lean heavy into talking about movies that are coming out now and movies that are topical and definitely lean heavy into that while also touching on a lot of the other films that we have been watching. Uh, there's just a lot yeah. between us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched so many in January that we were kind of overwhelmed by the idea of yeah. doing that in one yeah. video. So um, you'll pro- probably get that trickled in throughout several videos, if not, mm-hmm. a, you know, two-parter at some point. Yeah. But uh, for now... Just enjoy the new episode and we'll be back soon. You know, we're going to be doing our Oscar reactions, predictions, et cetera. Yeah, predictions definitely coming out soon. So, well, everybody, enjoy. We're wrapping up February. I hope everyone has a good rest of the month and a great start to March. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Anything else, Lucas? No, I'm... I'm ready to move into March. I'll be working on a feature film. Ooh. So I'll plug that when we're done with that. It'll be on some streaming service in the future. So very cool. Well, thank you again, everyone. And thanks for watching another episode of Mile a Minute Movie Talk.